Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as we look to the joyous end of 2020 and prepare ourselves for all the joys and opportunity of 2021, um, you know, there are some things that we can do to actually feel like we can take more control and maybe perhaps have some more outcomes that we would all like. So my guest today is going to talk about that from a lot of different perspectives, but I can't wait to pick his brain on so many things. Um, just by his bio alone, I know that we are going to be aligned on many, many, many ideas that uh, you will all be completely behind. So Gene Hammett is a leading expert on high growth company culture, which you know is a biggie for me, and leadership, which we all know the culture comes from the leadership. He's interviewed more than 530 CEOs of high growth companies to understand the core principles of fast growth. Now, this is what I really love. He consults companies to activate new growth, which makes sense, especially with everybody he's talked to, but to reduce the high cost of da -da 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 -da, ineffective leadership. I know many of you know what I'm talking about because many of you have shared your stories about perhaps ineffective leadership that you have you have experienced yourself. And, um, you know, when we talk about anybody who deals with leadership, um, effective leadership, positive leadership, I know that there's always reminders for all of us what we can control because sometimes we're the only things we can control, but other times there are ways that we can impact our business and, and our outcomes. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So joining me is Gene Hammett. Gene, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm excited. Absolutely. So I always like to hit the high points of people's uh, you know, bios because there's always something in there that really intrigues me. But I'd like to let you, you know, explain a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and how you help people and companies to shock their potential. So when you said high points, I thought about my low points. <laughs> Maybe I'll start there. <laughs> Good. Um, okay. Got it. Years ago, I lost everything. Did you know that? No. So I had a business that was successful for nine plus years. It, was, it would have been on the ink list had I applied, but I was just too busy working. Um, it was in 2001 and uh, really kind of got, got it going fast. Uh, we got to about five or six million in about three years. So it was a, a fun ride. I had to learn leadership all over again. I thought I understood, mm -hmm. but I didn't. And, uh, but about 10 years ago, I had a deal with my best friend and I lost everything. $3 million on one deal. 
Oh no. Yep. And it, it caused me to not only change my life, but it changed how I felt about myself, the world, what I was doing. And I had created business where I was making a lot of money, but I was doing it for me selfishly. Mm -hmm. I was doing it for, you know, I, I thought I was doing it for my family, but I enjoyed the chase. I enjoyed the journey of making a lot of money. And I did. And yeah. when I lost everything, I started thinking, what would, what could no one steal from me? And I thought about the impact that a coach made on me early. Her name is Linda. And so I thought about that a lot for about a week or two. And I said, you know what? I want to make others feel the way Linda made me feel. Mm. I had these deep conversations with Linda about my business, about what was going on, the problems. I'd shared with her everything, the things I was afraid to tell my, uh, my employees, my wife, all this yeah. stuff. I had conversations with her and I said, I want to help people the same way. So about 10 years ago, right after losing everything, I got certified as a coach. Um, you don't need to be certified as a coach, but I needed, I needed personal help to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I was, I was broken. Oh yeah. And that's how I became a coach. And I started working with, with founders and CEOs right out of the gate. And it's been a, a wild ride. Wow. Gene, I mean, it's so, what a story that's so perfect for what this whole theme is <laughs> this month is, you know, leave, we're just talking about leaving, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, the devastation from COVID behind, but you know, you, you've experienced that again at a whole other level. So, you know, that whole sense of, okay, I'm going to start over. I don't like what happened. I don't, I wish it didn't happen. It sucks, but I can either sit in the corner and suck my thumb or I can do something about it. But that doesn't mean that just because you say I'm going to do something about it, it makes it easy. It's still really tough to keep yourself motivated when you've had such a, an incredible hit to your ego and to your bank account too. Yeah. The biggest difference behind this was in COVID, we're all been in this together. It's all impacted us in some way, um, mm -hmm. some positives, some negatives. Uh, there's some closer relationships with my family and things around that that, that, that I don't want to let go of. But um, when I lost everything, it was just me. It was, I mean, my wife was with me in the journey, but I made the decision. My wife actually told me not to make the, the decision to, to trust this partner. And I said, look, this is my business. I got it. That's not something that was easy to get over. But um, I know that you know, we as a, a country, we as individuals, we have the ability to go beyond this and Everything we see and we know, if you really connect to it, we know that things will get better from here. You mm -hmm. agree? I agree. I absolutely. And, and, you know, you even mentioned, you know, some things that you don't want to lose sight of after COVID. Um, you know, my husband and I have lunch every single day together now. We didn't do that. We were both on airplanes all the time. So despite all the devastation, there are good things that are coming out of this and there will be good things again that we, that we miss. Um, it's hard to get out of your mental space sometimes. Absolutely. But we will put this time behind us. We will learn from it and we will be able to create, you know, new opportunities. I, I don't, I saw something today. One of my friends put it on Facebook. It's like, um, I'm tired of this new normal thing. Um, <laughs> but I don't think we're going to go back to the way things were, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot more opportunities. If you really look for it, um, speaking, which I'm a professional speaker, it may I know we'll be back in live events, but I think they will be people that will come in virtually. They will be a lot more stuff. And, and that's either good for you if you're, you're getting that opportunities, but you've got to rise up to the occasion if you're not, um, yeah. because people want these things. So there's, there is opportunity in, in this next, next year coming. 
Yeah, I agree. And I'm the same thing. People, I'm a speaker as well. And, you know, like you and me and everyone that does what we do, um, you know, the, the entire calendar wiped out or went virtual. And if it went virtual, they're like, well, so we don't have to pay you now, right? <laughs> like, the reality hey. is, if you've done virtual speaking, it's harder to be a virtual speaker than it is to just go on stage because they used to put the little mic on us, right? And, and you walk up there and everyone's taking care of all the technical stuff. Now, guess who has to take the care of the technical? We do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but there is new opportunities to, to create better relationships, longer lasting relationships with people through virtual, if you're willing to, to understand how to use these new tools. And I think, you know, uh, we were walking through, I live in Philadelphia. We were walking through, you know, some of the streets in Philadelphia and, um, you know, as the restaurants weren't fully open yet, um, inside dining, you know, streets on the weekends, you know, being blocked and tables out and, you know, I mean, in good weather. So, you know, you got to keep your fingers crossed, but, you know, this sense of like, almost like a street fair where, you know, massive city blocks shut down for people to wander and, and decide where they're going to go. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, being in, in some touristy places where they're trying to get you to come in, you know, Hey, what do you want for dinner? Do you see our, you know, our, our lobster, you know, or here's our giant two for one drinks. And it's, you know, I, I remember thinking, you know, there is new opportunity here. I mean, this is a different way to socialize that we can still, we can still carry on after this and give some businesses more opportunity if they see it as opportunity and they figure out how to capitalize on it. Absolutely. And as leaders of companies, we have an opportunity to create a place and a culture, even in remote um, situations that we, we didn't have before. We, we were so close-minded to some of these things. And I think a lot of people, my, my team has been completely virtual from the beginning, but it was not, um, for many companies, this is a new thing, but there's, that is an opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally agree. And, and it is the, the, I think the hardest part for me was, you know, my husband never worked from home. I, you know, I've been working, you know, from home from my business and worked home from home a lot if I wasn't traveling when I was still in corporate. Um, but the first like week he was home, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you here? <laughs> this is my space. I have, this is my little work cave. Don't come down here. <laughs> and now I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm taping. Don't, don't come down or, hey, yeah, come on. You want to see who I'm talking to? It's, it is, there are different opportunities when we, when we look at it the right way. And I think that's really what my, my goal was for this whole um, series in December is to say, you know, what are some ideas that people can, you know, take it you know, take into consideration or they can put into motion that will help them really say, okay, you know what? I know that there's going to be good opportunity. I know there's, you know, new things coming. It may not magically happen on January 1st, but I need to mentally get my head, you know, to clear out 2020 and let some fresh ideas in. So, you know, what are some things that you would share with my listeners and viewers that would help them make some of those, those mental and, you know, actionable transitions? I will tell you uh, unapologetically that I am very intentional um, to a fault. It was something that I used to be, I used to procrastinate a lot around things. And, and that, was a, that was a bad habit in leadership because you procrastinate on the important conversations, important deals and challenges that are facing your, your company. So being intentional at this time of year really is, is the first step is looking back, right? Looking back mm -hmm. at, what do you like about this past period? What do you not like about it? What do you want to keep? If you want to keep lunches with your husband, you know, 
if you can, you want to try to keep those or embrace those, mm -hmm. or maybe you, it's only once a week, but you figure out a way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, looking back in, in three different areas, I think is really important. One is your time. How did you use your time? Really? Like, mm -hmm. were you productive? Were you focused, engaged, committed? Were, you know, did you have certain routines that allow you to play at your best level? Um, I share a lot of these tips with my um, clients, which are CEOs of fast growth companies, which you can imagine, they're very busy. In fact, oh, yeah. busy, busy to a fault. Um, so that first thing is looking back at your time. The second thing behind this, I would say, is really, what are you focused on? Are you focused on the right things? One of the most powerful questions my coach, Linda, that I shared with you earlier, asked me was, um, who are your best clients? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I couldn't answer that. All I could see was the problems in front of me. And we had a conversation about your best clients were likely to be your less problematic. And I was like, that's interesting. Let, 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 me, let me figure that out. Uh -huh. And I know exactly the coffee shop I went to, because this is before coffee shops were a thing. And I went in and I looked at my financials. I looked, at, I looked backwards to be able to see, was I focused on the right people or not? The answer was I wasn't. So I cut half of my problems out of my business, which is really a, a lot more than half, but I was able to explode the growth of my company. We went from a million to about 3 million that next year. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the second area. And the third area I would say is about your mindset, looking back at your mindset. And I'm going to ask a question here too, which is, you know, what would it be like if you truly trusted yourself in the past? What would, well, how would things have been different if you truly trusted yourself? And that's a big question because I think a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs carry a little bit of self-doubt because we're always pushing for something new. We're always going after the future. We're always optimistic, but that self-doubt keeps us grounded and sometimes yeah. keeps us safe, but, but most of the time it, it holds us back. Yeah. I, gosh, I took notes as you were going along. Um, and one of the things as you were talking about, you know, where are you focused? Uh, I was interviewing somebody else this morning and we were both laughing about times where we fired clients. And how, you know, at, I remember the first time I was going to do it and I was kind of terrified because, oh my gosh, this is a paying client. But to your point, they sucked the life and energy out of me. <laughs> and, and they loved me. I mean, they loved me. And my husband still teases me about this today. He's like, wow, they loved you so much that they were willing to drain you completely and didn't care. And you didn't care either. And I'm like, hey, I fired him. Give me a break. <laughs> And but I, I had think that thing too. A name comes to my mind. I won't mention it here. Not that they listen to your podcast, but you know, keep keep the innocent uh, protected. But you know, they said, why why can't we just? I said, look, let's just be friends. If I see you, let's have a beer, let's have a laugh. But we don't need to do business together. And yeah. he didn't get it. But you know what? Both of us lived. Both of us survived, <laughs> and I was much better for it. Um, but so yeah, it you is get true. And it is true. It's, it's one of those things where I like that he didn't get it. I was, uh, I had one client that I loved dearly. I loved this person so much. And I, I finally, one day I said to him, look, I, I'm going to fire you. And he goes, what? And I said, I'm, I'm firing you. He goes, what do you mean? I pay you. I said, I understand that, but you're breaking my reputation, man. <laughs> like I come in here, I have, I have reworked your business. And the moment I walked out the door, your employees go, we don't want to do that. And you say, okay. So you know, I said, I'm the most expensive therapist you've ever had. I'm going to fire you. He's like, no, please. And I said, I'll give you one month. 
And of course, a month later, I fired him. But uh, we laughed. He goes, I know you're firing me. I said, yes. And I said, it's, it's okay that you weren't ready to move. You weren't ready to move your business to the next level. I totally get that. But I'm not going to let you, I don't, I need, I, I need you to still be able to talk, you know, positively about me and I need to be able to have my record be clean. <laughs> so, and after that, it was really, it really did make me start to think about where your time and energy is, no matter whether it's, it's this consulting, coaching, um, the time that we spend with other people in our personal lives is, you know, what, who and what feeds us, truly feeds us is so much more important than the ones that take up a lot of time and energy that we feel obligated to, but don't keep our energy high. Yeah. So, I love it. So, you know, when you work with uh, your clients and you talk about these things, you know, what kind of, what kind of struggles do they face? You know, you're talking about working with really high growth um, CEOs, yeah. especially, and, and helping them keep some focus on these elements. You know, how, what are the challenges they face trying to make those changes? The biggest one I hear over and over and they don't realize it's a challenge, but how do you move from founder to CEO? Oh, yes. Um, the founder is, is someone who's so connected to the business, the process, the customers, the, the quality, that many times they can't remove themselves from the day-to-day so that they can actually be visionaries and move the business forward. Be a CEO. Be someone who aligns people, not tries to get the work done. Mm-hmm. And for example, one of my clients... Uh, only 22 employees, which is a little bit small for me, but really great uh, CEO of a company. And I said, you know, how would I know that you're the bottleneck of the company? He goes, oh. I go, what do you mean? He goes, what would I see on your desk or in your office? He goes, well, there's a stack of reports on my desk that's 14 stacks high, 14 reports. It takes me two to three hours per report to review them for my clients. Um, And they're all produced by my team. And I go, so you're the review of these reports. And he goes, yeah. And I said, so you, I quickly did the math. I said, that's half your week. He goes, yeah, roughly every week. He goes every week. And we just had a conversation the other day. And I said, what would your uh, desk look like now? And he goes, there's one report on my desk. It's a very special report. It's very complex. I've got 30 years of experience. My team asked for my input. And I go, how do you feel about that? He goes, I feel like this is the best money I've ever spent. So Moving from founder to CEO is letting go of that day-to-day so that they can actually lead others. One of the things mm-hmm. I say over and over, just a reminder of you, when you, when you really want to become a CEO, you got to stop managing the work and start leading the people. Mm-hmm. You know that when you spend most of your time and your to-do list is about the things you got to get done, your email, your, your calendars, your appointments, the meetings you got to go to, all of that stuff, if that consumes most of your time and you're not actually leading people, which is conversations about vision, mission, values, conversations about what's really going on inside the culture. Those are the things that are often missing. So that's one of the biggest areas that I focus on. That's so true. And I talk about that a lot. I talk, talk about that, especially in my first book. And it's, it's that concept of if you're not training people to do your job, then you're, you're missing the boat because you will never get beyond whether you're CEO or you're trying to go from you know, store manager to district manager. If you're not training people to think like you think or think differently, you know, and approach problems, be be able to handle the things the way that you want them or they need to be done, 
you'll never move yourself out of that situation. And as you were describing that, I was, I, I can see that. I know people like that. I, you know, there were times that I was like that too until, you know, it's just overwhelming. It's amazing that he wasn't burning himself out. And maybe he was, um, you know, getting into that bottleneck because you got to look at that stack every day and go, oh, I really don't want it. But I'm the only one. I'm the only one who can do it. So I have to tackle that stack. Well, once you start hating that stack, you're, you don't have the joy of being the, the founder or the CEO either. And I asked uh, this one client about what are you going to do with your extra time? And it, what he responded back blew me away. He's like, you know, you've been talking about leading people. He goes, I want to spend a half a day with each employee over the next four to six weeks. Wow. You know, what would you do in a half a day? Because I thought that was a lot of time. He goes, I just want to, you know, get them outside of their normal rhythm of things. I want to just talk to them about their career plan, their vision for what they want to be here, the skills they want to develop. He goes, I said, if you're going to listen to my podcast, he's like, yeah, a little bit here and there. Um, <laughs> he goes, I've never had the time to do this. And, he, and I go, what do you think it will give you? And I know the answer, right? The people are going to feel more connected to what he's doing. They're going to be able to have more loyalty. And my next phase with him is like working on the sales strategy as they move forward. Like, what, how would that look in this new economy moving into this, you know, a new era of business? Because what was available to him before is now broken or gone. Yeah. And so he had to, he had to look, at, look to the future a lot more. That's so good. And I know that it was um, somewhere in your bio uh, that you're talking about, you know, this kind of leadership really inspires a sense of ownership. And that's something I'm, I'm such a firm believer in. And I, was, I, I have a... I have a relatively small team for my company. So I've got five employees and um, it's the smallest team I've ever had. And so I, you know, originally I'm like, oh, I'll have all this time to develop them. And I found myself getting into other things. And so now the last few months, I've really stepped back to get, get into developing them and really taking them to the next levels and asking them questions. And, you know, when I managed 500 people, um, you know, I had 30 some direct managers who managed all the 500 people, but I was touching a lot of those, you know, 500 people. I never, I never could get past maybe five or six that I knew pretty well. And it's one of those things that I look back and go, gosh, I really wish I would have done that differently. I wish I would have figured out how to move some of the baloney off differently so that I could have really taken some of those people farther. And, and some that I did coach and counsel along the way did really, really well and have expanded their careers phenomenally. But it's, you know, that one sense of a leader looking back where you're like, you know what, when you have those opportunities, you, know, you owe it to yourself, but you owe it to them to really help them um, be all they can be because that also inspires such incredible loyalty. That's one thing I've learned from, from talking to so many founders, CEOs around this is that every person deserves a great leader. Mm, I don't yes. care what your skills are, what you're doing, but you've got to, you've got to develop that person. I'm not saying that every person is the right fit for your company and is the right fit right now because that changes over time. So I've seen a lot of companies that, that get to 10 million and they have to to, to bring in a, a fresh set of people that are able to handle taking them to a hundred million. But right. I will say that every employee deserves a great leader. And what that means is you've got to work on yourself more than you work on your business. Yeah. And that is such a, such an important thing. I've seen that when, when I lost everything, I, I immediately turned to working myself. I had to, cause I had no, I didn't had no income, no, 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 no employees or anything. But I had to get myself back up to a place where I could actually be productive, be human again. 
And working on myself has always paid off every time because I trust myself. That was one of the questions, you know, when you look back at your mindset, do you truly trust yourself? And so that's one of the things that you have to, to keep in mind as you move forward this year. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, you said in the beginning, and we kind of talked about setting it up, it's really about that reflection. And, you know, December is a great opportunity to, I mean, there's always lots going on, you got to figure out how to the end of the year, nobody's going to, well, I'm not going to say nobody's going to hit budget, someone are some are blowing their budget out of the, the water, because, you know, if only I would have bought zoom stock, it would have been really, really brilliant. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's such a great time to reflect. And I love your points. You know, how did we use our time? You know, we all gained different kind of time during, you know, this craziness. How did we use it? Did we use it to help ourselves, help our teams, help our companies? You know, what, what are you focused on? What were you focused on? Are you focused in the right direction? And, uh, you know, your last point, which you did, we didn't talk about quite enough, but I, I'd really love to touch on it before we go is, is how important mindset is, especially when, you know, you've got to have that smile on, you know, you've got to be the one that's the cheerleader for the organization, or you've just got to keep yourself, you know, in that, in that positive mindset, but you may not always feel it. You know, how do you help your clients to be able to maintain it when they might not really feel in all that positive a space? Here's the reality. We all go through um, phases in life where we don't feel quite connected to who we are as an individual. Mm -hmm. And yeah. leadership, you're not immune to this. And in fact, a lot of my leaders will say, when I ask them these, these big coaching questions around, you know, what will it take for you to be successful? And they, many of them say, I just need to be me. But the problem is, they're not being themselves. They've, they've, they're showing up as someone that they thought that was needed. They, they're showing up as They've gotten some feedback from someone and they're showing up either bold or being timid or, you know, someone else has shaped that. And what I'm really helping leaders do, and, and if you, you go, you guys think about your own confidence, is looking at your own self-doubt or your self-worthiness and making a decision about are you playing the game to win or are you playing it to lose today? And are you truly able to vision a higher level of yourself? One of the things I do with my clients, and I do this in kind of a, a deep dive experience where we go through this mindset stuff, but I spend two days with clients and we unpack all the things that are getting in the way of your mindset and keeping you where you are to identify the, the kind of values that you have at a personal level that will take you to that next level. One of my values is mastery. I'm going to pull it off my monitor here. Mm -hmm. So if you can, can see that. I remind myself every day that I am focused on mastery, which means I don't have to know everything, but I am looking for a way to truly take myself to the next level every chance I get. And so mm -hmm. whatever your personal core values are, you've got to find them and remind yourself of it every day through different techniques. I mean, we could talk about, you know, morning routines, or we can talk about the way you really connect deeply to who you are. But that's the key to, to really living this next, you know, 2021 in the way that you want to live it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jean, you have such great points. I think um, for everyone listening, I know they're going to go, okay, all right, it's time to reset a little bit, take a different look, take a deep breath, and, and maybe even just reflect on how to use this month as a real, you know, mental clearing of the, of the, uh, the headspace to be able to feel like there's a, a brand new start, even if things aren't moving the way we might like them to. So fantastic. Thank you so much for all that you've shared so far. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So it's been obviously a pleasure. We're going to, I'm going to have the last question for you, but you know, we'll have all your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, cause they can't wait to, uh, to read the show notes. What's the best way for them to find you? The best way to do it is my first and last name, Gene, G-E-N-E, Hammett, H-A-M-M-E-T-T.com. I put together some free resources. I worked on it this morning. I, I took away some things that that didn't apply anymore. I used to do a lot of speaking gigs and stuff. So I took away all that stuff about how to get speaking gigs. But what I put back in place was some tools in my research around either productivity, your time, or um, the principles of fast growth companies. If you want to create a solid foundation of a company, I've got those free tools. If you go to genehammett.com forward slash free, you can get all the tools for free. Some of them have think have opt-in, some don't. But the point is, um, if you'd love to, to go a little bit deeper into to that work and get the free stuff first before you invest any time with me, go do that now. Wonderful. Thank you. And so before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Uh, you know, I just, I know that it's a difficult time. We've all been through difficult times. COVID, um, there's been a lot of opportunity. Like there's been, you know, I have new clients because of COVID and it is something that you have to look at and say, you know, how are you showing up for yourself and for these others? Are you truly leading yourself in this new world? Um, because if you're making excuses, obviously you're going to find excuses. You're going to blame the virus. You're going to blame the economy. You're going to blame presidential elections or whatever it may be. But if you are a true entrepreneur and a leader, you won't blame anyone. You'll take full ownership of what has to be created and you'll figure out how to find a guide, a coach, someone to help you get there. Because I do believe over my journey, that is the fastest way to get anything is to have someone help you, whether it's me or someone else. Find someone you really trust that really can help you grow beyond where you are today. And that's the key. I love it. Thank you so much, Gina. It has been a pleasure. I am so glad that we've gotten to uh, hear some of your words of wisdom. I know they will make a difference. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.